The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. It's the Ringer's Philly special presented by FanDuel. April showers bring a loaded sports calendar and FanDuel is the place to bet on it all. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Welcome to the Ringers Philly special. Shield Kapadia joined by Ben Solak. The Eagles escape Arizona. Hey, they're not all going to be pretty. Some of them are going to be a little nail biter down to the end. And that's what we had today. 20 to 17 against the Arizona Cardinals. A 43 yard missed field goal attempt by Matt Amendola with 22 seconds left. Only undefeated team in the NFL, Benny Souls, as we get ready for a showdown with the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night. In week six, how are we feeling? How are we feeling about this game? When that game ended, what, what was, what, what, as, as Ringer folk would say, as young folk would say, what was the vibe uh, in the Solak living right. room? I, I felt good. This is exactly what <laughs> I've been wanting from this team. I wanted them to play close games. I wanted them to have to play in the fourth quarter, right? Like they, uh, It is important that they accrue these games. Not, and you and I disparage the Cardinals. I don't think the Cardinals were that good. <laughs> I, I would have liked for them to beat the Cardinals more handily and then think there's reasons that, that the Cardinals were in that game and we could talk about those and kind of see, take the temperature on, on different units and kind of different groups and whatever. But overall, it is important to me that the Eagles play games that are one-score games in the fourth quarter during the season and they got one of those and they handled it extremely well. Like certainly at 17 to 17, I was like, oh, come on. Like this is annoying. There's no need for this. Yeah. But then to have that, that that ultimate drive that the Eagles did, the penultimate drive of the game, as dominant of a rushing performance as they did to set up what you know would have been ideally a game-winning touchdown, but a go-ahead field goal, to, to, to have that execution there at the end of the fourth quarter, I thought was really, really nice to see. So overall, the vibes were good. Eagles are 5-0. and They beat an opponent on the road in a close game. They didn't shoot themselves in the foot, no mistakes. I like what I see from this team late, and that's the main thing I've been looking for from them recently. 
These are like the perfect games for Eagles fans because your team won the game, but you'll still have plenty to complain about uh, this week. We can pick some nits, uh, a lot of nits, actually, I I think, uh, here and there with this team. You know, I wrote down in my notes after that first drive, like, this just feels too easy. I mean, they just went right down the field, 11 plays, 64 yards, and there were certainly times during this game where I felt like, all right, the Cardinals are kind of hanging in there, but this is going to end up being a blowout, and that certainly did not happen. So, I wanted to just start, uh, kind of start at the end. I feel like you have to with this game. Mm-hmm. You mentioned it. Uh, let, let's start with the last defensive drive, uh, and then we'll get to the last offensive drive there. So the Cardinals get the ball at their own 25 with 145 left and no timeouts. They need a field goal to tie it. They can score a touchdown to win. Uh, what was going through your head during that drive? What did you see as it was as it was unfolding live? Yeah, so I think that the number one issue there was that it felt like the pass rush was super dead. You you were in a, a clear passing situation. The Cardinals don't really put a ton of tight ends in the, on the field in terms of attached to, to the, the tackle. So you're in five-man protection. You're in your four-man rush game. And against the Cardinals, which are like a league average offensive line, I would say, at best, you'd really like for them to win that you'd like for Josh Sweat to win one of his one-on-ones you'd like for Flash to get immediate pressure up the interior and you really didn't see that for the entirety of the drive the Cardinals were like moving the launch point a little bit they were you know finagling with you a little bit they were running screens they ran the QB draw stuff which is naturally going to take the air out of your pass rush and the ball was coming out fast so there were mitigating factors not like they were long Joe Burrow Matt Stafford dropbacks or anything like that but in general I think on that drive you were I was hoping the Eagles pass rush was going to bring more to the table you get to a point where, uh, you know, I want to get the exact timing of it right, because as we would discover, the time is going to be very important. Second and 10, Eagles 34, no timeouts for the Cardinals. You get the Kyler Murray scramble. And at that point, you think, oh, maybe it's first down, that the Cardinals are going to be able to spike. They're going to have first and 10 at the Eagles 24, 22, 20, 18 seconds left. They're going to be able to take some shots to the end zone. And that was the number one thing you wanted to avoid on this drive was that that, that opposing offense even getting into the range of shots to the end zone. Of course, as we know, that does not happen because the Cardinals offense and clock operator both really struggle for execution late in the game. But that, that your objective is to not let them into, we can chuck this thing into the end zone, like in a non-Hail Mary sort of a play. And the Eagles did let them get in there. And that had a lot to do with, I think, the pass rush being a little bit quiet. The Eagles had Darius Slay following Marquise Brown into the slot on that drive. They, they they were trying to make the adjustments in the back seven they needed to make. They'd be getting hammered over the middle of the field. That wasn't really going to happen on this drive because you had to use the sidelines. Arizona came in with no timeouts. So they were fine back seven-wise. Front four, I wanted more on that drive. Yeah, really? The, I, I would say the whole game, I, I didn't feel like the Eagles' pass rush had a big impact. And you're right, the Cardinals will throw a lot of those screens and the ball will come out, but it you know, it wasn't on every play, and I didn't feel like they had much of an impact on this game. I mean, they had one sack, two quarterback hits. I know that doesn't always tell the whole story, but that's on something like you know, 40, 44 dropbacks or something like Kyler Murray. So I, I thought that was uh, a little disappointing mm-hmm. for sure that the pass rush, I did not feel like, had a big impact on this football game on that last drive I thought they I mean it it was too easy they go 50 yards in 10 plays with ease and uh, you know I I would like to go back and watch all those plays before I figure out exactly what happened I know they weren't just hanging back the entire time there was at least one blitz in there I don't know if there were multiple blitzes in there you're right they didn't win up front when they had their one-on-ones and we'll see what else happened with their coverage but man Kyler Murray misses Zach Ertz on that wide open 
corner route. I mean, that, you know, that is a kind of, yeah. a, you, you get lucky uh, on some of these for sure. And then you mentioned it. I mean, second and 10, Murray takes off, slides short of the marker. And I guess, I think I saw Jimmy Kemsky say that in the stadium, they like announced a first and 10. So I don't know if that's what the Cardinals look at, if they're looking at the refs or why there was confusion, but they obviously thought they had a first down. They didn't have a first down. It's third and one. They spiked the ball and then they have to go out there and attempt a 43-yard field goal with their backup kicker. I mean, we, we listen, we mentioned uh, during the week. Yeah, you were on this, man. Yeah, this is not an organized uh, Cardinals team. They have something like this, it feels like, uh, every week. Now, this one, I, I honestly think Kyler Murray has to take responsibility uh, probably here. You know, that's kind of a hectic situation where kind of the quarterback has the keys there, and he certainly did not do a good job in that spot. But they're just generally disorganized, and it does not surprise yeah. me that they were not prepared kind of for that moment and the communication and what exactly to do. It is It is on Kyler largely especially because he's the one who slides and while the whole like ball is down with the quarterback starts his slide rule is an easy one to forget you are a quarterback who runs so if like you mm -hmm. know jimmy garoppolo does that it's kind of like oh well jimmy's not gonna know kind of the slide yeah. rules right as opposed to kyler so like, it's in on him it is also on cliff because once the refs start respawning the ball cliff is in kyler's head headset Right, Cliff can Good talk point. to Kyler in the hurry up. Right, like usually you're, you're you're talking in the huddle, but in the hurry up, that that headset's still active. I'm like 93% sure. And so, I mean, like you know, they obviously have to get play calls in anyway. So it is the the the, the head coach has to look up to, like I, I imagine he looks up to the scoreboard, but he has to look to the referees. He has to look to the side judge. Yeah. The the side judge is right there next to the ref, like also for that reason. You know what I'm saying? Like he is allowed to discourse with him at that time. Yeah. So it's also it's on Cliff, and that's just. Right, it's just a continued bad link between their quarterback and their coach that then, right, puts the Cardinals in a, oh, we're just going to tie the game situation, but it's a backup kicker and it's a shank and it's whatever. So that's that's like the the skin of your teeth part of this game where there's a lot of different ways that that goes left and it forces the Eagles into overtime and everything like that. Overall, I, I don't think it was a too terrible game in terms of execution, in terms of like letting it get to one score and letting it get tied up and everything. I think... The the important another important you know fact of color here in this this drive and this Eagles uh, pass rush dying out is while the time of possession was roughly equal the Eagles saw a lot of plays right and, that, and and time of possession is a good bucket for okay how long have you been on the field how tired are you going to be but also just how many plays have you faced how many times have you got down in the stance and gotten back up in the stance and the drives that the Eagles had to deal with defensively before this final drive they had a twelve play uh, touchdown drive they gave for the Cardinals nine play drive ended with a punt. Uh, before the end of the half, they had a 16-play drive that they faced. They were just generally facing a lot of reps. It was a very great game for sustained drives because the Eagles only ended up having eight drives in this game. Like 20 right. points feels low for how good this offense was, but they only had eight drives. So like, yeah. the Eagles and the Cardinals both did a great job picking up first downs, getting down the field a little bit. Even when they had to punt, they ate up some time. And so they just made this game short. The Eagles game started at 425 and ended like... Right on time, baby. Like seven twenty. Like, we're done. You know, it was a very, very quick game, and so, so it feels like the Eagles' defense wasn't like, oh, they've been on the field for thirty-five minutes, forty minutes. They're tired, but they did face a lot of plays, and that does wear on you. Yeah, seventy-one 
uh, 71 plays, I believe, for the Eagles, uh, 69 mm-hmm. plays for the Cardinals. But you're right. A lot, I mean, early on, the Cardinals offense wasn't doing anything. And then I think their last five drives or so, they really uh, moved the football. And you're right, you're right about Kingsbury, too. Probably I just felt bad because I've been crushing him for a long time now. And I'm like, all right, the quarterback's got to take some responsibility here. And he does. But you're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, Kingsbury should not be listening to the in-stadium whatever announcement it, it is. He should be looking at the referees. Yeah. And when he sees what's going on, there should be a mechanism. <laughs> to communicate though, communication is not their strong be, suit yeah, yeah even though I cliff mean, should it, be doing it that way <laughs> the that offensive that cardinals clock operator don't come into work man you are sick tomorrow brother just don't show up in the building because all the blame is gonna get put on you wait so what happened with the with the clock clock operator are you, are you saying the, the same the, thing the, i mentioned the, or yeah the scoreboard operator the jimmy tweet was like the scoreboard operator put up first and 10 on the scoreboard Okay, gotcha. They like, yeah. All right. So when I'm saying clock operator, I just you know how like whenever the refs yeah. need to correct the clock, they go, they, they, can the clock operator please right. change the game clock? That dude who op- presses the buttons was gotcha. shown in the stadium, that guy's in trouble. Who would want that job? What a high-pressure job. I would, yeah. I, there's no chance. I mean, I don't know what... You say that, but also... Probably doesn't get paid a lot. Also, think about think about the clock operators who have like the friendly button on, oh, on you're home drunk games, with right? Power. Oh yeah, my gosh, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. Is like, if I <laughs> I, I want to help the Eagles win. I love the Eagles. I love the Eagles my whole life. I'm not big enough to help the Eagles win on the field. I'm not smart enough at football to help the Eagles win from the sideline. You told me I could be the clock operator? Oh man, Eagles would be the best two minute drive team in the league. Period. They'd have the friendliest clock. How do you, yeah, I, I have no idea how you even get that job. That might be in a, hey, listen, Ben, when it's like, uh, remind me when it's like May, June, and our editors are like, anyone have any off the wall ideas uh, for yeah, stories? Yeah, yeah. Let, I'm good at volunteering other people for stories like this. I don't want to do the story, but I would, re- I would definitely read uh, that story for sure. All right. So that was the Cardinals last drive. Uh, listen, we got to think process over results. And if so, if that field goal goes in and they lose in overtime, we're probably leading the show by crushing the defense for allowing that drive and whatever happens in overtime. And they did struggle there in the second half. But you know what? Uh, at the end of the day, you give up 17 points. So I'm not going to go wild, uh, wild about this, even though, as you said, wasn't a lot of drives. So we have to keep that into account when we look at the final score. All right. Eagles last drive. They go 70 yards on 17 plays. I believe 13 runs, three passes, and a field goal. I I, I counted that quickly, so maybe I'm off uh, by one or something there, but it was definitely a very run-heavy drive there. Uh, Key play, Jalen Hurts to Dallas Goddard on third and 11 to beat the Blitz. Goddard, terrific job. Checked it at the the line. What's that? Checked it at the line, apparently. I saw somebody tweet after the game that it was a check. So, I mean, Cardinals are showing blitz looks the entire game. Hertz was messing yes. around with the protection. It was a very, very big game for Hertz managing line of scrimmage pre-snap, something we did not see the Eagles play on his plate at all in 2021. Uh, had some misses, some sacks. Yeah. There were blown protections and some uh, communication problems. But on that third and 12, checks into that look, which is Goddard out in, out in the route, not in protection. It has a free rusher that he is responsible for, takes a hit in the teeth to throw it to Dallas Goddard, that's that's pro quarterbacking right there. That was a big boy play. Yeah, that was a big boy play in a key spot and a nice job by Goddard to to break the tackle and make sure he got the first down. Uh, I'm curious about your thoughts on the rest of the drive and then, you know, specifically that last play, third and goal from the five. Mm-hmm. Quiz Watkins gets lit up there by Jalen Thompson uh, in the end zone. Felt like they had a lot of people 
in the same place. I wonder if any listeners saw this and I, you know, I don't want to get into the lip reading business, but I swear I saw Steichen say to Hertz as he was leaving the side, because the Cardinals had called timeout before that play as they were deciding on a play call and going to the huddle. I swear I saw Steichen say, trust me, trust me on this one. And as they were all huddled, I don't know if that's true or not. We'll see if anyone says anything about it after the game or if uh, anybody who's mm-hmm. actually good at lip reading and not a complete amateur like myself thought they saw that. But uh, w- what did you think of that last play and, and that last drive? So generally love the last drive, right? Like, okay. They tied it up, big you know, 90-yard drive. We're getting the ball late in the fourth quarter. We've only had the ball two times in the second half. Lines banged up. They're blitzing us like crazy. It's press the big red button. Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson. Dickerson was back in the game for a part of this drive. We go, as Arthur Smith put it uh, on the mic'd up when, uh, in their game against, I think it was like the Seahawks or something, we're going to run the piss out of this ball. <laughs> and that's exactly what they did. They, uh, right, they had all the consecutive runs. Hertz's first uh, pass attempt was a second and 10, like a little swing route to Miles Sanders. We are going to eat this clock. They got the ball back, 9.43 left in the fourth. And basically entered oh, four-minute wow. offense in a tie okay. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were chewing clock on that last drive. Uh, and then, yeah, you get to that third down. It was weird watching it. it, it they, they were in a tricky spot. First and goal from the 10, you'd like to throw the football. Uh, because... When you, when you run the football in the low red zone, 10 yards and in, you're condensing space that's already condensed, right? Like when, if you're going to throw it, you're throwing it with 20 yards worth of space, the 10 yards before you get to the goal line and then the 10 yards in the end zone. That's not a lot of space to run routes. But if you like run it on first and 10 and pick up three, run it on second and seven, pick up three, on third and goal, you're gonna have to throw it from the four and now you're doing it with 14 yards instead of 20 yards. It's actually harder in terms of finding the space to throw the football. Right. And so ideally on a first and goal from the 10, you'd like to throw the ball into the end zone. You'd, you'd prefer to just, okay, we're going to have to throw it. Let's take our shots. But you can't do that because you want to eat the Cardinals timeouts. So they're in a little bit of an unlucky spot. Like yeah. if they had gotten first and 10 from the 11, it would have been amazing. Exactly what you want. But you know, you get first and goal from the 10. So they run it, they run it. And then you get to this third down play and watching it live. It was weird because every they, they motion AJ Brown into the formation. Brown drags across the field, left to right. Quez is running in front of him, left to right. Goddard's already out to the right-hand side of the screen. He's running out, breaking route to the right. They flood the right side of the field. And Hertz is out of the pocket immediately to his right. The line doesn't move as if it's a sprint out, though, right? The line right. doesn't move as if it's like, hey, we're running everybody out to the right. There's a half-field read, ball's out right now. So I guess what they wanted is they wanted to see, okay, let's see if we can hit AJ in the congestion, right? Hit like natural pick play with AJ motioning and then immediately running across. And if we don't have him, then he can work backside to Quez. But even then, like Quez was in front of AJ, so that's not great. And then he can work way backside to Devontae, who's coming away from the other side, but he's still breaking across to the right. So everything was coming to Jalen Hurts' right. The blitz comes immediately. There's going to be an extra rusher. Hurts immediately moves out to his right. And the space is just condensed. Like there are three Cardinals there covering every single route because... All everybody's jumbled up together. So it didn't like the, the spacing on the route concept was not good. I would have preferred half field over here, half field over there, Jalen Hurts pick a side, you know, yeah. and, and that's where you want to say, hey, like instead of like let's motion AJ Brown into the formation and then see if we can get a rub concept, that's where you kind of want to go, okay, three dudes over here, AJ over there. And if it's AJ Brown versus Marco Wilson, and we haven't thrown it to AJ Brown in a while. In a long time. Yeah. yeah let's we'll just get, get the ball to AJ. <laughs> so it, it 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 was not well executed. And I'd be curious to see if there is further clarity on kind of what was supposed to happen on that play because it didn't look pretty it very much was a play that like felt like it, it was dead in its legs the second the ball was snapped hurts takes a big gamble throwing that into a contested spot but also quez gets two hands on it right in another world that's just yeah. an incredible play Jalen thompson makes a nice pass breakup 
Yeah, no, I think that's uh, that's well said. We'll probably talk about that play maybe more later in the week once we watch it and break it down and see what the the players and coaches uh, said about it there. So uh, Eagles got the field goal there. Uh, it was a weird, weird last play for sure. But uh, when you're able to, yeah, seven minutes and 58 seconds that last drive. I mean, when you're in a tie game mm -hmm. and you can just chew clock like that and pick up first down after first down after first down uh, on that drive, uh, five first downs on that drive. It began at their own 25. You get all the way to the Cardinals five. It's probably something we kind of take for granted a little bit now, given you know how often they've done that with this offensive line and this run game. All right, let's take a little uh, break here and we'll come back and let's talk a little bit more about the offense, uh, a little bit more about the defense as well. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, we are back on the Ringers Philly special. I've got the post game up here as uh, we're talking. We're doing this one pretty quickly. Looks like Donovan McNabb was in the locker room uh, with yeah. the Eagles after the game, hanging with Jalen Hurts. Uh, this offensive game plan, he, he, I'm curious. Let, let me give what I thought it felt like, and then I want to hear uh, if you agree or disagree. To me, it just felt like they were saying, we're not going to let this blitz crush us at any cost today. And, and so it was just balls out, balls out, balls out. Jalen Hurts' average pass went 3.8 yards past the line of scrimmage. Gross. That's, that's the shortest of any starter in a single game in the entire NFL this entire season. And so that was clearly the game plan. It was just ball out, you know, do not let the blitz, blitz get us into negative plays. Uh, I also thought, you know, 
you you hit on it last week that it was a lot of you know it look almost looks like a college it does look like a college offense zone read it is, a, it is a college so, offense i mean th- this really you know not not to break chip Kel- kelly's name into it but it did f- feel like those chip kelly kind of the second and third year when it was getting a little stale you know what i mean it was like everyone knew they don't have a lot of variety defensive players are saying after every game well we kind of have a beat on what the eagles are doing uh, it kind of felt like that to me watching it where there were certainly plays in this game there was the one screen to Goddard there was another screen I think it was uh I don't know if it was to Devontae Smith or who on the right side where the Cardinals are just like oh yeah we know what's coming here yeah uh, Byron Murphy let Byron Murphy's bell yeah yeah, yeah. Devontae yes uh lit him up and so I'm not gonna I'm not saying that was every play I don't want to overstate this because they still had what 357 yards and 24 first downs it's not like they just got completely shut down but watching live that was my sort of feeling on what the offense looked like. Uh, what did you think? Yeah, this is this is when it's not as fun, right? Like this this is this is the world we've described for ourselves. And when it's hey, we just do this against Jacksonville, just score you know with impunity, and we get turnovers, it's great, right? And when it's okay, we just march down the field against Minnesota, throwing flats and speed outs. It's awesome. Then you get a team like the Cardinals that says, all right. We think that we can get you into a third and six if you're going to play this way, right? We think eventually we're going to get a tackle on one of the screens. We're going to get a tackle on one of the RPOs. We're going to get a tackle on one of the handoffs. And when you do, we are going to send the whole world. You have to be willing to throw one-on-one against that. And they weren't. One-on-one down the field, I should say, and they weren't. And that would be my big question to, to Shane and, 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 and Sirianni and kind of that is just to say, okay, if teams are going to put seven on the line, Defense is going to put seven on the line. We're going to blitz you. And then they're going to play man cover five yards off, right? They're not going to press. And you just kind of throw the one-on-one immediately. They're going to give you a little bit of cushion and say, all right, if you want to throw a go ball, we're going to put ourselves in a position to defend that go ball. Is is this what we're going to live with? Is this the best that we got in terms of like just now Can't screen, be. now screen, yeah. now <laughs> screen, tunnel screen, tunnel screen, bubble screen, now screen? Because that is what Matt Canada and the Steelers do with <laughs> – Ben oh, Roethlisberger and Mitchell Trubisky and Kenny Pickett, and it's disgusting. It's abysmal. It's an offense to football. Um, <laughs> Jalen Hurts' passing spray chart is just a huge cluster, five to negative three yards on the left, a huge cluster, five to negative three yards on the right, and then nothing else. And that is such a difficult way to play a ball. It is made more difficult when you don't make an active effort to get the ball to the 225-pound fullback who plays wide receiver for you, too. Yeah. So it's okay. If you if you want to live in this world, like, Dallas Goddard is awesome on screens. We should not take away from the Dallas Goddard screens at all. Goddard had a tremendous day. Between Devontae and AJ, it's got to be to AJ. And and I, from what I could see, there's nothing schematically that the Cardinals are doing to, like, take away the screen to AJ Brown, right? Uh, also, the Eagles were less true RPOE and less true like read option in this game too. And they just were unwilling to test the middle of the field where the Cardinals have like Isaiah Simmons and Nick Vigil in a really, really weak linebacking core, which stands in contrast to the way the Cardinals did it because the Cardinals would go spread and the Cardinals would go quick game into the middle of the field. Yeah. They said, TJ Edwards and Kaiser White, we're going to put speed at three. We're going to put Marquise Brown on the slot. We're going to put Rondell Moore on the slot. We're going to make you tackle these guys in tight areas right now. And the Eagles struggled with that. Curious why some of that target density you know, deep outside shot, and then a little bit of the, the short middle of the field stuff wasn't there. So we've seen the Eagles use it before. They just apparently, against these blitz looks, really, really, really wanted to be like, ball out in the boundary now, ball out the boundary now, which, okay, even if you're going to do that, which I don't love, you have to get that, you have to get A.J. Brown touches. You have to involve A.J. Brown in the offense more strongly. 
that might have been the weirdest thing about this game. I mean, what mm-hmm. was going on? Devontae Smith, sheesh, hit the ice tub. I mean, how many quick screens to Devontae? Yeah, I'm going, why are, is every one of these being thrown to Devontae Smith? I'm fine for mixing him up. I'm, I'm not going to rip you for getting him involved. But Devontae Smith, 10 catches for 87 yards. A.J. Brown, three catches for 32 yards. Yeah, I'm really curious to see uh, what the film shows or what they say about that. I mean, I couldn't believe how much they were spamming those to Devontae Smith, and A.J. Brown wasn't getting any of them. I mean, A.J. Brown was not a part of this game in the in the second half, really, after early on. That, to me, was a, uh, was a real shocker going up against this defense that he would yeah. not get more touches, especially when you're just, those are just scheme touches. You know, those aren't, it's just, all right, balls out and you're picking a guy and throwing mm-hmm. it to him. And, and they all went to Devonte Smith. So uh, there's yeah, a, I, yeah. I thought that was very strange. And there's another issue here that is a little bit a cause of the symptom, which is I'm sh- like, okay, you're going to run a bunch of screens. You got to find a way to get AJ the ball, but I'm sure you also want to get AJ the ball on his three-step stuff and on his five-step stuff, on his, his, his deep outside shots, right? Like, AJ's really, really good at that. You brought AJ to open up that 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 passing game. That's where you want AJ to be. I totally understand that. All right, against a blitz-heavy team, if you want to get AJ one-on-one, you're going to have to protect for two and a half seconds. So you're going to have to leave a sixth guy in, Goddard. Ah, that kind of sucks. Goddard's one of our most important receivers. That's one of the trade-offs of featuring your tight end in your passing game. And then you're going to have to leave the back in. The Eagles do not have a back that can pass protect. They just don't. Yeah. They, they like, uh, uh, Gainwell blew a protection on a hurt sack in the third quarter. They never leave Sanders in a pass protect ever. They do not trust him. Obviously, no Boston Scott for this game. I don't think Trey Sermon took a snap, but even then, if you're relying on Trey Sermon to be your pass protecting back, you know what hole you've dug yourself into. The Eagles have not, like, from the day they brought in Sanders, Sanders was not trustworthy in pass protection. They've had multiple opportunities, multiple off seasons to handle that. They have not. Yeah. That usually is okay because we're running our RPO game, right? We're doing screen stuff. You know, we, we want the back and the concept. Great. Until it isn't. And then it'd be really nice if there was some 210 pound dude making $2 million that you could shove in there and go, please hit a linebacker. Because the Eagles could not get the extra blitz are picked up successfully in this game. A couple of times, they just could not get into the right protection call. And Hurts is doing the right stuff at the line. It's just, you know, to get a game well uh, uh, busted one. You know, another Sanders busted one, I think, super early in the game. That That is that is an issue for them if they are going to say, okay, we want our one-on-ones downfield. We need to max protect. We can't max protect because we don't have the back to do it. And also, I should have mentioned earlier, some of the stuff with the Hurts getting the ball out and the short throws, I mean, there were times in this game where you're playing with three backup offensive linemen. So, you know, if you're, if you're not adjusting at all and he's getting crushed, then we're, then I'm, I'm, I'll speak for myself. I'm coming on here going, what are you doing? You had three backup offensive linemen in there. uh, And and that's what you're calling. So it looks like Landon Dickerson just played 25 of 71 snaps, according to pro football focus, true media, Jason Kelsey, this has played 68 snaps. Does that sound right? That he only missed, uh, only missed a few in there. Watching live, he I went, thought he missed more. No, he, it was right he went out halftime. late. He went out at the end of their second quarter drive. Okay. And then he came back and he played after halftime. If okay. Right. So that so doesn't surprise only me missed three much. snaps. Um, yeah. The, uh, from what I saw, broadcast copy, Driscoll, once again, fine game. Uh, like incredible. He's starting off tackle. No. Good for backup? Yes. Uh, Sua. Sorry, Bo. Just not great. Sue is just not, not, not 
not optimal right now for your backup guard spot. In your ideal world, somebody else is backing up tackle, so Driscoll can be that guy. And so they're really on like third string guard there, and that was just tricky. Yeah. Um, when Landon came back, also he's he was not 100. percent Shout out like Landon trying to be the dude, but that's tough. You know what I'm saying? You're, 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 and Kelsey, that's that, yeah, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Kel- so. Kel- Kelsey coming back surprises me zero. Kelsey would play with right. three fingers, and he would have a key block on a screen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that, that, that you kind of establish that over time. Dickerson is was you know like he was just clearly shaky coming out there. They did a lot to help their offensive line. I think that probably it's a good point, a good reminder that informs this game plan quite a bit. I would imagine. So Jalen Hurts got blitzed, uh, and these are initial numbers from Pro Football Focus True Media. So if these change throughout the course of the week, uh, you know that that certainly could happen. Looks like he got blitzed on forty five percent of his dropbacks. Uh, just the raw numbers are better than I would have expected. Watching live, I eleven for sixteen for one hundred and sixteen yards. So averaged over seven yards per attempt on those. Uh, was sacked twice, seven first downs on those didn't really I think to your point they're long on the you know you get 18 dropbacks against the blitz you'd like to hit something downfield their longest play was 20 yards uh on on those um 18 so it kind of speaks to what you were saying earlier all right let me see anything else with the offense that I wanted to get to uh hurt specifically you know there was definitely a drive in there where it felt like last year uh, you know, where he was, uh, he had the, it was the one he had the near interception. And then I think on third down, uh, they blitzed and I think he, it looked like they picked it up. Well, I'm, I'm not sure, but he, he started scrambling a little bit. Then he's like nine yards behind the line of scrimmage and takes a sack where you're going, all right, this kind of feels like that Bucks game a little bit. One drive, not the entire game. I thought he made a couple terrific throws. I mean, they had that, uh, the third drive of the game. He had the one where he's rolling to his left and throws to Devontae Smith. And then I think the very next play, he's rolling to his right and throws. I mean, that was like a Vikings game throw where I'm like, that arm looks different than it looked uh, last Mm -hmm. year. And then he had a big scramble on that drive too. That was a 16-play, 87-yard drive, six first downs. I thought he was fantastic uh, on that one. So uh, certainly some ups and downs for sure. Uh, The offense, they, they score their second touchdown and then their final five drives, three punts, uh, and two field goals. So six points on three drives after halftime, which like you said, you know, it's not, it's like the, not the worst thing in the world. We've kind of set a high bar, but it certainly didn't feel as crisp, as easy as it has at other times this season and even earlier as it did earlier in this game. Yeah, definitely more 2021 Hertz than 2022 Hertz, but a couple accurate balls make you feel good. And also this was always going to be a game where he moved out of the pocket a lot and he, he scrambled a lot. Uh, I, I, I put the lack of explosive passing play more on what the offensive design wanted to be both good and bad, like helping yeah. offensive line versus maybe you're being a little bit too much of a turtle as opposed to putting it on Hertz in the way that he was playing. Um, the pocket management stuff is which what you got to live with, right? Like at this point, I think we kind of know that, but I don't walk away from this game being like, Oh no, like the old Jalen's creeping back in. I think you're going to be all right. Interested to see like, so the Cardinals were like, Hey, pressure was seven. These Cowboys, Pressure with four. Very, very good. A lot <laughs> pressure of pressure with, with two. Four. They just yeah. need the two guys, really. And that's where things are going to get interesting and funny, and, uh, and I'm yeah. curious to see how that looks. And we have no idea who, you know, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it this week, who's playing in that game for uh, both sides. But, yeah, they are absolutely getting after it. 15 carries for Jalen Hurts. You wrote your piece last week, and uh, I believe you, you found that he was going to crush the, 
uh, career high for a quarterback in terms of rushing attempts, right? You had that. Yeah, uh, he was averaging 13.25 a game, which would put him at uh, about 210 for the 17-game season, obviously. Um, but the previous high was Lamar Jackson, which was around 11, 11 and a half per game. Okay. 15 is going to jack the numbers up. Uh, and, you know, a couple QB sneaks, like, okay, whatever, you know, a couple, like, you know, scramble out of bounds. Yeah. He took a lot of, he took more sacks he usually does, and he took some hits. And that's what you're counting. Yeah. When you're counting carries, you're counting hits. And uh, Cardinals lit him up. Uh, that's, that's, that's just how long is that body going to last with this play style? That's, that's the number one 2024 Eagles question right now is, can Hurts play like this and be as effective three, five years from now with the amount of hits that he's going to accumulate? Yeah, because when I because when I was reading your piece, I think the only thing I looked at and said, oh, I don't know if I fully agree with this, was that he generally takes a, a lot of hits, and I feel like he's pretty good about avoiding the big ones. But it, I mean, it was a good uh, yep. foreshadowing by you because I thought in this game, oh my goodness, for a week yeah. five, it's less. Take, go ahead. Yeah, it's less that he his running style is, is such that he like takes more hits than other quarterbacks because you have like guys that like. Josh Allen, who just like refused to slide. And like Hurts knows yeah. how to slide, right? Like he knows how to go to bounds. It's that the Eagles run him between the tackles as opposed to like Kyler and Lamar. They get ran outside of the tackles. Right. They get ran under the boundary. We're talking about design runs, not scrambles, which obviously are going to go through the tackle sometimes. When you run there, no matter how responsible you are, eventually you're going to start accumulating some hits. There's some big boys in between the tackles. Yeah. That's where the Eagles run them. It was, it was good foreshadowing because today was... I mean, I I don't keep a chart of this, but uh, there haven't been too many starts he's had where there were that many times where you're kind of going, ooh, jeez, that you know that looks yeah. like one where the quarterback doesn't get up. I mean, they definitely and more teams are going to have that in their game plan. Even the Jaguars, remember, they had the play where they, the the zone read where they're just like, let's yeah. just get a hit on him. I mean, that's going to be a part of of aggressive teams' game plans. The more and more he runs, the more they feel like uh, they can afford to do that. And he took mm-hmm. some big ones, some popping ones in this game that kind of just. The sound jumped off your screen where, I mean, over the course of a, a 17 game season, you can't be taking the hits you took today yeah. consistently, or I don't even think it's a question of what it's going to look like or whether there's going to be an injury issue. Speaking of uh, taking hits, if we're going to throw 11 bubble screams to Devante, somebody got to tell Devante he's 170 pounds, man. Devante loves yeah. contact. He loves <laughs> it. And that's great. You need it to be an NFL player, but brother, <laughs> You were built like a toothpick. <laughs> we get it. You're tough. Nobody's questioning the toughness. Oh my God. Step out of balance, my brother. Seriously, that was another one where there's play. Oh my, you're going, oh my gosh, is he going to get up from that one? Yep. He's just inviting it. I the mean, Eagles are a tough team, the, man. The sideline is you're like the sideline is right there. It's literally right there. You're not going to pick up another yard. Just get uh, get out of bounds there. So yes, that uh, that stood out to me. For sure. Uh, last thing I had on the offense, there was a the little, um, I think it was a third down in the second half, or I don't know if you caught it, the, the sideline shot of Sirianni looked like he was a little unhappy with, I don't know if it was Hurts. It looked like Brian Johnson might have been the other coach there. Did you catch that? I saw I saw a guy figuring stuff out. I, I To me, okay. like, I, like the broadcast put that up. They were like, on the sideline. And then I watched it and I was like, that's a coach. Yeah, I was like, yeah, saying, you know, no, not, not making up, him. Yeah, yeah, not a big deal. He's yeah. coached him hard before and they've caught those clips before. But I find yeah. that in, it was interesting nonetheless. I, yeah, I mean, like, I just, I, you know, Sirianni doesn't call plays. And so, like, all right, how involved are you in the offense? And for like Hurts to get on the sideline, he's barking in the quarterback's coach's ear and his quarterback's ear to me is, is cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like, yeah, I that he Sirianni has that sort of energy. So if he like had it with the media 
and and like you know in the locker room and he wasn't doing it on the sideline you'd be like oh what's that you know what i'm saying yeah. i like the fact that he's he's locked in like that he was uh he was dapping up a lot of people today i thought a lot of sideline mm-hmm. shots and of uh Nikki Sirianni, that dapping mm-hmm. offense, defense on the sidelines, all over the place. Yeah. All right, let's get to the defense. They give up 363 yards and 23 first downs. What did you think of the overall approach, the overall game plan in this game? Yeah, so talk about you know 2021 <laughs> versus uh, versus uh, 2022. Man, uh, no Maddox. And this team likes to put speed in the slot. Rondell Moore, Marquise Brown, we're going to play us some zone, brother. And we're going to play it with, with TJ Edwards on the field. We're going to play with Kaiser White on the field. And we're going to ask those guys to match in space, make tackles in space. The Marquise Brown dropped touchdown, which I say dropped touchdown. You're like, Ben, it was a drop at like the 34-yard line. That was the score. He was scoring on that if he caught it. Marquise Brown can fly. Uh that's just like, you know, it, you draw it on the chalkboard and you're like, yeah, we'll just have like, you know, the linebacker will read run pass and then he'll sink underneath three if it's pass. It's like, yeah, sounds so good on the chalkboard. Sounds great on the play sheet, man. And then you look at TJ Edwards out there and Marquise Brown's at, in the slot at number three and you're just like, we're going to die. And, and, and Marcus Epps is off the roof. And for as much as, 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 as you know, I, I question Marcus Epps, other people like Marcus Epps, nobody can argue with me. Even if you're the biggest Marcus Epps proponent, that when he takes angles from deep, he always just comes super straight downfield. And he's like, oh, shoot, the other guy can run. That's just what he does. That's his. That's one of his weak points. Uh, and so that that should have been a score. The Marquise Brown touchdown was okay. You know, uh, Chauncey's matching it from the slide. He's coming off a stack release. Chauncey's going to play that with outside leverage because he's got help to the inside. The help to the inside is TJ Edwards. Edwards got to make the tackle. Edwards has to get that angle correct. You have to understand that Marquise Brown's Gonna 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 try to cut you like that. You have to. I'll say it so you don't have to. Space. This was a bad bad. T- this was easily T.J. Edwards' worst game of the season. Yeah. Bad T.J. And, and, and right. And I'll, I'll say in defense of T.J. Edwards, if there is a team that has the personnel to take advantage of your middle linebacker and zone coverage, it's the Cardinals. Right. We're gonna throw to our backs. We're gonna throw to our tiny little slot receivers. We have a good tight end in Zach Ertz. Right. Like the Cardinals don't have like outside receivers. So this is what they do. You know. So so it it, it is a game where T.J. is gonna get picked on in that regard. What can you do to protect him? Number one, play some man coverage. Uh, Avante's out. They're good in the slot. Like, sure. I get why you're a little sketchy, come on. but come on. You got man yeah. up, man up, and 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 you gotta get Darius Darius Slade comfortable playing in the slot before this game if you're gonna get there. And if they're just like, oh, we didn't want to prep that, we didn't really have a package where Slade was gonna be in the slot because we wanted to live in our zone coverage. That's just bad. That's prep, bad prep, in my opinion. That's just you you have to be able to get into man coverage against this look. Especially if the pass rush isn't getting home, which it's not because the ball's out in 1.5 seconds. It's not gonna get home quickly enough. So that's number one. Number two is okay, we're gonna live in zone. Well, if you're gonna live in zone, teams are gonna test your rules. That's what you do to zone cover teams. The penultimate drive for the Cardinals. Touchdown drive, tie the game. The Cardinals start motioning dudes around and get into four-by-one formations. So these are, these are four strong formations. Unbalanced formations is a bunch of different words for them. Basically, like your, most of your rules are predicated off the idea that there's going to be three receivers on one side max. Right? We're going to be in two-by-two sets, three-by-one sets, whatever. When a team moves a fourth dude over to one side of the field, they are so strongly overloading that field that you have to, have to, have to, have to, Push coverage to that side. You're going to play like man backside. You can try to like play some quarter stuff backside, but you're going to have to push zones to the front side. There's four guys over there. There's too many routes. You try to play man coverage or you try to play zone to that side, they're going to flood the zones. You're going to have guys in conflict. So on the Daryl Williams second and 14 catch and run, 
They motioned to four by one, snapped the ball. Uh, 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 Mark is at, no, Chauncey Garner Johnson's still on the backside. He hasn't gotten over to the front side. They run QB draw, Kyler Murray. They ran it on the second to last drive and on the last drive. Motion to four by one, quarterback draw. The Eagles don't have a fitter in the box. Safety's not coming down to fit, so it's five blocking five. On the touchdown uh, uh, run, which I think was uh, Daryl Williams, yeah. The motion of four by one with a tight end as the number one, as, as the isolated guy backside. That means Darius Slay's in the box defending the run. Guess who does not want to take on a pulling guard in the box? Darius Slay. Touchdown. Yeah. So the third drive, they had three substantial chunk runs, runs of, of like eight plus out of four by one. And then they went to the sideline, came back for the potential game winning drive. The first play of the drive is four by one QB draw. And the Eagles didn't know who was supposed to go where. TJ's yelling at Marcus Epps. They're like not looking at the snap. That if you're going to be in zone, you know your rules, man. Like if you're going to live in this world, it's going to cause you problems. You better be locked down in this world. And the Cardinals were like, hey, what if we put a dude over here? And nobody knew what to do. And so that's very frustrating because the communication has been good and it feels like it's been a positive and whatever. And the fact that the Cardinals just got a little bit wonky with formations. And I, I was looking up four by one stuff and the Cardinals do it. Like nobody does it a lot, but the Cardinals do it at one of the high rates. Teams are going to see that. When, when, when the Cowboys go to prep, and Kellen Moore does wonky stuff, when the Cowboys go to prep this week, they're absolutely 100%. Like, if I can see it, they're going to see it. And be like, huh, let's do that. And see if they know yeah. what to do. Let's just, it's like, let's put Pollard and Zeke in the backfield and then motion one of them to the three-receiver side and see what that team does. Because that's, that, that's going to cause issues for you. So frustrating amount of zone coverage, frustrating miscommunications when you're in zone coverage, frustrating reliance on the pass rush when the pass rush isn't going to get there because you can't take away the quick routes. Very, very, very 20, 20 yeah, you said it. it. It felt like last year, it felt like uh, it would let you were making life too easy on the opposing quarterback. Like you mentioned, when you're in zone, there's too many voids. You're not you're not communicating. You're leaving guys wide open. I didn't think that there were a lot of like tight window throws that Kyler Murray was making. I mean, there were a lot of guys that were open in this game. He goes 28 for 42 for mm-hmm. 250 yards. He runs four times for 42 yards. I mean, I thought they're probably playing zone, uh, you know, because they want to have eyes on the quarterback and take care of his yes. scrambles. But uh, I mean, those QB draws, you have eyes on the quarterback, but he's still uh, taking off and running. So I don't know how effective that really was. Their last five drives to speak to kind of what you talked about with the adjustments last five drives two touchdowns a field goal a missed field goal and a punt they had 19 first downs on those final five drives so they were you know pretty much going uh up and down the field uh against the eagles i did not like that what about like a uh like a one robber against uh against a team like this right they're working the middle of the field so much you you mentioned it the robber can have eyes uh on the quarterback yeah. as well i don't know if they did that or not i didn't notice watching live but yeah it felt like there wasn't much of a plan b here yeah or you want to play your quarter stuff Right. And then what you're doing with your quarter staff is saying, we're going to match the interior guys. Right. So we're going to play like our middle linebacker, our nickel, TJ Edwards, Josiah Scott, and our safety, Johnson Gardner Johnson. We're going to play three over two to the number two and the number three receiver. We're going to, we're going to bracket these interior guys. Whoever goes in, whoever goes out, we're going to have somebody waiting for them. And then we're going to play one on one on the outside. Get to your quarter stuff. You love your quarter yeah. stuff. Why are you not here? This? You, used, you do this all the time. They didn't want it. They wanted to be in zone. They wanted to be in straight spot drop, which I think is 100% the quarterback scramble thing. And that's the caveat that has to be given for both the pass rush issues and the zone issues. Right. They very, very clearly did not want Kyler to scramble. And off of my eyes, Kyler had like two scrambles in this game. Where if you walk in and like, that's your coaching point. Kyler's not going to beat us with his legs. You're like, boom, check, killed it. 17 yes. points allowed. We're the best. The prioritization there is frustrating to me. Uh, I understand why you want to be in that world, especially seeing what your scrambling quarterback has done for other defenses. So it's a little bit defensible. It's just frustrating. Both 
the offensive issues and the defensive issues are justifiable and understandable relative to like the narratives they were trying to handle. Offense, the offensive line injuries, defense, we don't want Kyler to scramble on us. You end up with like a three-point win and a gritty win and a tough win. You love your team and you love your culture and you're kind of like, yeah. But there, there's there's issues with those game plans, right? And and Eagles win. Eagles are the better team, whatever. But how the Eagles coaching staff build out their game plans and they how they get specific on what they want to take away and how they take away is really important because that's what the playoffs are. The playoffs are bespoke game plans. It is we build an individual thing to Good beat point. you one week and then and then we play next week. And so that's that's the curve you're grading on when you're five and zero. Oh, I want to know what you're going to look like in the in the postseason, right? And so that's 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 kind of this conversation here. Yeah, I think it was obvious that bullet point number one was do not let Kyler Murray beat us with, with scrambles. I think you're absolutely right. I'm sure some of the defensive linemen, I bet, say after the game that, hey, you know, we were rushing a certain way. We didn't want him to beat with scrambles. That That's why we didn't uh, get home as well. But, uh, you know, they're, they're moving the football on you quite a bit there in the second half, uh, in the second half of that game. And they're a 43-yard field goal away from sending it to overtime. So at some time, at some point, I think you absolutely need to adjust. Other notes I had here really quickly, uh, Cardinals get him with a fake punt special and Britton Covey. I mean, should we should just pay, we should take your first so, Britton Covey. No. Okay. You have, Co- you're, you're defending. Covey should Britton have Covey. been a penalty, right? Okay. I don't know. Like, I, like, I can never understand the rules. Covey is writ large a problem, <laughs> but you are not allowed to hit the, the, the pass catcher, the punt returner as he is fielding the punt independent of whether or not a fair catch has been called. Right. It doesn't matter if he waves it or not. You, this kick, kick catch interference or whatever. And Sirianni was like asking for that. And I guess it was like a little bit close, but it seemed like he was in his cylinder. So to me, like that, that should have been a flag, but also at the same time, Covey has muffed punts. So like not, not yes. excusing yes. at all. Just in this not one, great. I feel like that should have been a flag. Special teams has not, uh, has not been great. Although shout out to uh, Dicker the kicker coming through. Dicker the kicker never missed a kick. Okay. Clean too. Clean operation. Middle yeah, of the uprights. Didn't feel wonky at all. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Hassan, Hassan Reddick had a big uh, third down sack that, you know, looked very similar to his sacks last week. Just get him lined up on these right tackles and they'll get you one every week, it seems like. He's quick, yeah. And against your old team, you have to. You can't, you can't, can't be playing. The Cardinals didn't sign you to a second oh, yeah. contract, not get a, he not had get a sack. Juice. That's, yeah. yeah, yeah Played yeah, you at yeah, seven yeah. different positions and gave you yeah. seven different defensive coordinators and all that. Uh, a couple other notes from the broadcast. I don't know. Do you listen to the broadcast, like the announcers, or no? What's your What's your depends viewing? on who the announcers are. Okay. Today, did you listen to the announcers? No comment. <laughs> okay. They said that uh, that Johnny Johnny Gans was telling them it was he called his defense a shell unless. I think I heard this right. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Like we will play. I I never got an explanation. Like we're playing a too high shell unless I don't know what the unless was. I don't know if they listed specific factors, but it was a very weird terminology. But they just kept that's that's him saying I play quarters. All that is is I play quarters. Shell defense is one of the most over like like a too high shell shell. is a valuable term. Shell defense makes no sense. It's not a real thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, And then the other one was I guess they got this note that. Johnny Gans was working on this game plan while everyone else was on vacation, like in the summer. He like got out the Cardinals film and was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna work on this game plan for week five. You didn't I see them put out four by one formations last year, Johnny. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, yeah. they did. <laughs> it's not that. an uncommon thing with this team. 
I thought that was a very strange outlet. I don't know if that came from Gannon or someone else. I don't like a try hard. You know what I mean? I don't, no, don't tell me how hard you work. Don't tell me what you're doing. Well, I, I'm a, I, I, you know, I know every, I said process over results. Really, for a lot of this, I'm more results oriented. I don't care how you get there. <laughs> I, I prefer a Bruce Arians, take a bunch of time off and then go win the Super Bowl and just chuck the ball downfield. Like, that's my preferred method. I don't need yeah. you sleeping in the office. But uh, yeah, I thought that also was a strange note. Anything else Here's I'm missing that you wanted to talk about? Number one, if you give that note to the broadcast, you better be really confident you have a good defensive performance. If they find <laughs> out you're in July, just flip-flops on the beach with the Cardinals film on the iPad, and then you give up 30, that's a rough look. Uh, the only one other thing I would say is, you know, in terms of our, our edges on the periphery check, right? We talk special teams and whatever. Equipment manager check, uh, Eagles lost some footing and had three leg injuries from what I could tell. I, I think, I know Dickerson was leg. Milton, I'm pretty sure was leg. Kelsey, they didn't clarify. Kelsey like, was oh, ankle. walking off. Yes, ankle, said yeah. ankle. Yeah. Uh, and they were, they were clearly losing their uh, uh, grip. Hurts this after, yeah, this after the Eagle social put out in the, in the Jaguars game or a clip of uh, Devontae Smith asking for new cleats because he blew out his cleats. So equipment manager check. Mm-hmm. Real grass field and... Not sure we were ready for that in terms of like game prep and the services we were practicing on and kind of the footwear and whatever. Um, but that was scary to see. It was good that in the second half you didn't see any injuries. And like, you know, a lot of that's probably just noise. It's just us reading into stuff. But it is an important note when you're kind of playing on that real grass field, kind of how are you prepped out for it? Did you practice on the surface? And are you wearing the right stuff for it? How about these standings I just pulled up here? Eagles 5-0, and Cowboys 4-1, and Giants 4-1, and Commanders one and four, one Carson and four. Wentz. The entire the NFC East is 14 and six, and they have played one another three times. So outside of the division, 11 and three for the wow. NFC East. Because the commanders wow. are, are, are one and four, but outside of the division, they're one and two, right? They and beat the Jaguars, you know, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Beat the Jaguars. They were, you know, a Carson Wentz pick away from beating the Titans, but a Carson Wentz pick is actually pretty far away away. Uh, mm. Yes, this is a very good division on paper. I don't think the Giants are going to hold up, but Dallas... Yeah, that team can play. I three weeks ago I was like, if they beat Jacksonville, they're going six and zero. Dallas <laughs> deserved a little bit longer of a uh, of attention than that. This is gonna be this is gonna be the best game of the week next week. It's gonna be a lot of fun. On our extra point taken, I had the Cowboys cooked at what as soon as that injury took place, I said mark them off. So listen, I've had a lot of you know we'll have a lot of bad takes all year, but that one is not looking good for me. Yep, Sunday night football. Cowboys will travel to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. We will talk about it later this week. I had a life thing, but I'm going to save that for the podcast uh, later this week. Uh, thank you for those of you who have listened to the Phillies pods. We're going to do more. We got we got playoff baseball this week. We got Eagles, Cowboys. We just got to keep this feed alive. The NBA is getting ready to start up. So uh, everyone who's rated, reviewed, remember, tell your friends. Just like make fun of them. If, they, if, they, if you have a conversation about this podcast and they don't know what you're talking about, make fun of them. You know, make them feel uh, with friends. lesser people. Yeah, be li- yeah. belittle your friends make them feel left out you know that uh as longtime listeners know you know i don't have a problem with a little peer pressure here and there uh cliff reminding me you can leave a voicemail 215-315-7982 we will get to those in the show later this week all right thank you to benny souls thanks to those of you who continue to offer feedback enjoy philly's braves 
on Tuesday. Enjoy the start of Cowboys week with the only undefeated football team in the entire NFL. It's going to be a fun week. We'll talk about it all. Life is good. We will talk to you soon on the Ringers Philly special.